Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, Season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. St. Louis wrap-up, St. Louis Supercross wrap-up. BTOsports.com, the nation's leading retailer for anything you need. Huge tire sale on right now. Check them out uh, online, btosports.com, and uh, get yourself some tires, and uh, you'll be stoked on uh, what you'll have to find there for prices. And, of course, you can use the code pulpamex.com, or just use the code pulpamex to save yourself some money, and uh, go big at btosports.com and help us out. Help out this little show. And, of course, presented by Fox Racing, the official gear of Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, and many more. The global innovation leader for motocross racewear, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. Check out the full line of 2014 stuff. They got the award-winning Instinct Boot V4 helmet, airspace performance goggle, and 360 racewear. Foxhead.com, or visit your local authorized Fox dealer for uh, for more on that. Thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, two-time German Supercross champion, two-time Montreal Supercross champion. Uh, now hawking fly racewear out to the country, to the world, really, to uh, to try to make them a little better, is uh, our own Jason Thomas. What's happening? And also on the line, the new media darling, the Motor City Madman, Chase Stallow. Hey, what's going on, Steve? How was your stay at the Motor City, St. Louis? Ah, oh, man, three weeks in a row, man. You can't, uh, you can't beat it. For people who don't know what we're talking about, uh, Chase uh, went to Detroit and one of his hashtags was Motor City, which is what people call Detroit. So he would Instagram photos, and he put Motor City in there. And uh, then the next week in Toronto, he forgot um, his uh, copy-paste hashtag. So Toronto was now the new Motor City. So JT and I enjoy this quite a bit. Oh, yes. This this is one of those jokes that will carry on endlessly. Yeah. Much to the, much to this dismay of Chase Tower. Yeah. The Motor City, St. Louis, Toronto, Detroit. They're all Motor Cities. <laughs> I know too. I know a lot of people call Vegas the Motor City. If I know, if it's one thing, it's Vegas being the Motor City. More like the Motor Circle for you. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, uh, St. Louis Supercross Chase. Thanks for joining us. Wygant didn't go to the race, so we thought we'd just get you on the line, and you're pretty good at this anyway. So we we thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem, man. Enjoy it. All right, let's get to the thing, uh, to the chase here, is as it as it would be. Uh, the track in St. Louis, JT, the traditional good dirt that everyone talks about, it was there. It was, uh, it was there. And uh, the layout was pretty good. Um, it was pretty challenging. And I, overall, I liked it. I thought the track was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was all right. I thought the dirt was a little bit harder than normal, but it did get pretty ruddy. Um, so, yeah, it was 
started out harder than I thought, but then, you know, it, it was kind of hit and miss. Like, some sections were a little bit harder than I expected, but mm-hmm. overall it's, you know, typical St. Louis, great dirt. Yeah, no doubt no doubt about it. And then I liked it, too, like, you got rewarded. There was, a you know, a section that Brayton, we'll get to that. I don't know, just some different stuff. The Dragon, whoops to Dragonback. That was tough for everybody. It was really tough. That was where you saw the majority of the mistakes all night. Lots of crashes, lots of mistakes, which I don't want to see people crashing, obviously. Uh, but I do want to see mistakes because I think that's what gives you the you know the variance in racing and, and adds excitement and unpredictability. So that was good to see. I don't like crashes either, but I like things where the riders have to put the balls on the crossbar. And yeah, do, no, that's uh, yeah. where the mistakes come in. Yep. That's good. Yep. We're kind of talking about the same thing. Yep, I like it. I like things that... Uh, you know, you show me a jump that uh, just Brayton's doing in the main event, and I, I like that. I like that. I like something that not all twenty-two guys are doing. So, well, it's hard to it's hard to do nowadays. The bikes are so good, and the ride the level has been raised so high that it's really hard to find stuff like that. Like, I, I don't envy that job of the Dirtworks guys trying to draw up things that you know that only a few guys are going to do. Mm-hmm. Man, that's you're you're talking about a really difficult difficult obstacle to to find. I think, JT, I think you and I are probably in the same boat. We've probably been to almost every St. Louis Supercross in that dome since 96. I didn't go in 96. I missed it. But I've been every year since then. Yeah. 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 I missed the the Fro and McGrath one. I was still in high school. but Uh, um, Good dome. I don't understand the people of St. Louis, if you're listening to this, your owner of the Rams is threatening uh, to leave. They want to get out of their lease because the dome sucks and they need a new dome. And then the city of St. Louis proposed – to to uh, renovate the dome. What's wrong with that dome? There's nothing wrong with that dome. It needs better concessions. Yeah, Good okay. Uh, yeah, as concessions aren't very good, but like it's got suites. It's a good-looking dome. I don't understand these people. And all you people of St. Louis, you're going to get hooked on uh, your taxes paying. You taxpayers are going to get hooked for this new dome because that's how it always works. Just want to let you know. Yeah, I mean, if you go around the country, though, I think, I think it's a nice dome. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. But there's a there's such a wide gap in the really old stadiums, uh, San Diego, Oakland, on and on. That you know they're way out of date. And then you go to one like Dallas, and then the St. Louis ones are just kind of in the middle. So yeah, I think, that, um, I think that they're being trying to be a little bit proactive, so they're not super behind the curve. Because you talk about building a dome, it's a pretty lengthy process. So I can understand them wanting to be forward thinking on it, but it's not. It's definitely not dire straits over there or anything. Would you? Where would you put the Houston dome? Well, I think Houston's fairly new. Yeah, uh, but, that was like 2003. Yeah, was but the first year we were in there. So, but, but but to me, it's the same as the St. Louis dome. I mean, there ain't much difference. Well, you have a retractable roof. Uh, you have fairly new, uh, newer like restaurant concession type things. So, I, I think there's a little bit of difference because the retractable roof is a big deal. You know, that's like a one hundred dollar, one hundred million dollar add on to a stadium. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can I can understand that too. I just think that you know they're probably what uh, six to seven years newer, so that's a little bit of a, a gap. Who's got the the worst stadium on the circuit, Oakland or San Diego? I think Oakland, but only because I think Oakland's in a pretty rough area. But no, I'm and, just I'm just talking stadium. Just stadium. well, and yeah, yeah, I was going to add the their their sewage drainage problem. That, right. that kind of puts it over the top, right. but. But stadium, like building for building, they're not really not much different at all. Uh, all right, let's get to the race. Chase, uh, did you talk to uh, RV or Stu after the race? 
I did not. I didn't get a chance to talk to either of them. Okay, um, so so look, Stu's there's four rounds left. Stu is one point behind Dungey. He's thirty six back. Wait, twenty six back. Sorry. Wait. Yeah. He's thirty thirty six back. No, he's thirty six back. I'm not very good at math. Uh he's thirty six back, Chase. He's on a roll, but there's still no way he pulls this off, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little bit too little too late. Um I mean he'd have to average nine points around. Um, which, you know, barring something crazy, you know, Villapoto's bike breaks or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I just don't think it's gonna happen. So Stu's got five wins, RV's got three. If Stu finishes second in the series, but has more wins than RV, I mean, I guess he can put his hang he can hang his hat on that, right? Yeah, and, and to be honest, if you look at the season, it's really been really good. Um, I mean, other than you know the Anaheim mistake um, and the Atlanta mistake, I mean, other than that, it's it's kind of Stu's kind of gotten his groove back. Um, you know, rolling off three straight. I think it's the first time since 2009. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing flashes of kind of the old Stewart this year. He was impressive, JT. Uh, catching, uh, he admitted to me that he didn't necessarily – I mean, it's easy to say after you win the race, but he said to me that in the heat that he didn't uh, he didn't really want to pass RV to show him what, where he could pass him. You know? Yeah, I really saw that too. I, I saw that gamesmanship. Um, you know, I, I do this little VIP program, and they were kind of asking me about that, where you could tell Stu was faster. Like, I think that was a little – had to be a little bit disheartening if you're Villapoto, even though you won the heat, is – he was kind of catching you at will. I felt like he could pull back up to your rear wheel when he wanted to, mm-hmm. but he didn't want to give away. You know, on a track, you know, the tracks are so uh, they're getting one lined at times, especially in the heat races when the the lines are you know virtually perfect. You don't want to give away any any kind of upper hand you might have, or especially even get in front of him and then you know maybe Villapoto see where he's faster. Um, right. Well, you really have to protect that stuff, and and I think Stu was just like, you know what, have the heat race. I'm going to save this line because I may only get one shot at this thing. Is the way he kind of has to look at it. Mm-hmm. You know that you really have to protect if you feel like you have a great place to pass. A guy like Phil Poto is going to protect that if he knows about it. So you really have to save it for that one shot. Uh, he was faster in the whoops. Yep, he was faster. Looked like he was faster at the end of the after the Dragonback at the end of that 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 left hand turn. Uh, did you see anything anywhere else, Chase, where you thought he was better? No, um, and I actually rewatched the race when I got home, and, and those two spots you just mentioned looked like where he was picking up the most ground. And I think I had it, it was either lap uh, four or five. I mean, he was three seconds down, and then all of a sudden he was within a second. Um, so he was picking up time quick. Yeah, it, it, it was it was impressive. Uh, I talked to RV after the race, and, you know, he – he, he said, uh, I'll only do an interview if, if, if you walk with me because I'm walking. I'm going on the bus. So I'm like, all right, fine. And um, he's like, I, for, I said, so, hey, look, you got second. Not, you know, not a terrible night. Uh, you know, I guess you can take what you can get. And he immediately goes into, you know, I put myself in a position where I got a big points lead and I don't need to push it and, uh, you know, this and that. But uh, 
I mean, it's what you got to say. It's And it is true to a certain extent, JT, that he did that. But on the other hand, these guys, they don't like getting caught in pass like that. Yeah, you know, oh man, it's tough because he's he's right, and he's not lying. He's not lying. Yeah. But deep down, you know Ryan Villapoto. I know Ryan Villapoto on a personal level, and you know their personality, yeah. and that did not sit well. No, no. It didn't sit well. I don't care what, you know, it's all great. Yes, he did extend his points lead by 10, and all these things are positive. Don't get me wrong. Those are all true, and I can't deny it. But when he sat down, when he stopped sweating and he calmed down, he got undressed, he took a shower, he wasn't real happy about that. I promise no, you. No. He's not happy about James passing him, and he really didn't have much he could do about it. So, yeah, this, these guys are ultra competitive. You know, this is at the highest level of the sport. These are the best riders. In my opinion, these are the best riders in the world. I don't care who you're talking about. There, there's a lot of pride on the line between those two, especially. So that was that was a pretty big statement, regardless of who wins this title. Yeah, that was a that was a big deal. No, it was pretty good, man. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, and and he's that's you know I keep saying he's right, but he is. I mean, RV doesn't have to take chances, and James is in a different you know mindset I think than RV is. RV can't make that big mistake. You know, his biggest asset right now is all he has to do is just see this thing through and he's good you know so it is a little bit different but when that competitive nature comes out rv wanted to win that race period you know he he wanted to win you know and maybe not at all costs but it you know if he could have done anything about winning he would have done it <laughs> if he could have done anything about yeah no you're right yeah it's just one of those things where you know he he's man enough to know that he you know james was just faster as much as that probably pissed him off mm-hmm you know, he was just faster, and it's a big picture thing. But regardless of all that, I guarantee you he was not a happy camper behind closed doors at the Cali truck. Chase, do you see anyone else winning a race from here on out than those two? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you could see Barcha, who looks like he's kind of picking up some momentum. Um, and I don't think you can ever roll out Dungey. Um, as we know with Stewart, he can get on these rolls, but he can also have that mistake. Um, and if RV is, you know, like we said, kind of protecting the points lead, doesn't have anything to gain, yeah, I think somebody could sneak in there and grab grab one towards the end of the year. Nope. Nope. No way. No. Nope. JT? I think we'll see somebody win one. I do. Uh, nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> no way. Okay. <clears throat> these two guys, one of these guys are going to win the rest of them. Okay. So, I, I, yeah, I see why you're saying that, but yeah. I think the – as good as the other guys are, Dunge, uh, Barsha, Roxon, especially those three. Um, yeah, I just I'm not ruling it out for sure. Nope, nope. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I, I understand. Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, you, said, you also said Bogle wouldn't win one either. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> um, off night for Dungey Chase, uh, and then. You know, obviously he was battling with Kenny for a while, and uh, battling with Brayton a lot, and he settled into uh, fifth place, and then went down to the last lap, and Brayton plows into him. Um, yeah, a little, and uh, he, and also in practice, he uh, Nick Way took him out, not on purpose, but he he caught Nick's back tire and high sided, like just a, a rough day for Dunge. Yeah, and it, and it was really weird um, when I rewatched. You know, obviously you're kind of trying to pay attention to the leaders. Um, but when you rewatch it, 
him and Roxon and Braden were, you know, going at it, and they looked like they were catching Barsha, and then all, all of a sudden Dundee was back, and then he came back to, you know, catch Roxon again, and then it was just weird. I mean, I don't know if he was making huge mistakes or something, but it was like he was really aggressive and up there, and then he would kind of tail off, and then he'd get back up there, and then obviously, you know, uh, he made that mistake at the end, which really yeah. cost him. Barsha was good, though, JT. Barsha was good again. Like, uh, it's it, he looks like maybe he's breaking out of this funk a little bit. He was, he's been much better as of late. You know, I, I don't know if they made a bike change or what. I'm not sure if you've talked to him about that kind of stuff. But he's definitely been much better. You know, in practice, we, we've kind of seen right. his confidence. You know, he looks more comfortable. He looks happier. You know, happiness is guys showing, you know, character on the track and doing whips and stuff like that. It really does kind of play out like that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's good to see that he's back in the mix. I, you know, I, I wish we could have seen this guy all year because that's what we expected. Um, but, you know, it's better for racing, and, you know, regardless of all the controversy he brings with him, it's, it's good to see him out there. Do you think – I don't think it has any, any coincidence the last two races have had really good dirt, and he's done well. I think that's a big, big factor. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, I, I really – I thought he would be in this thing regardless, good dirt, bad dirt, you know, didn't, but mm-hmm. we just haven't seen it. So it's been pretty tight-lipped about what his struggles have been with the bike at Honda. He hasn't said too much. Um, but, yeah, it does It does seem like when the traction is there uh, for Villapoto as well that they look more confident and more comfortable. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. You know, we're not really clued in, or I'm not anyway, as to um, – the exact struggles, but you know, really, I think that the starts have been really good for him, which is a big key as well. He doesn't have yeah. to fight through traffic. Yeah, but he he just looks more comfortable all day. You know, he looks happier with whatever setting they have now. I can't figure out if Brayton's day was good, Chase. Okay, so he wins a heat race, right? He jumps the quad four three three, pretty much. Although hey, both Stewart and Villapoto told me they did it, JT, but I never saw it. But they. I asked them both, like, why did you think of that section? Why didn't you do it? And they both claim they did it. Stewart did it, for sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. 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 Stu did it. I didn't. Did you say Villapoto did it as well? Villapoto said he said he, that he did it, too. Okay, yeah. I, I never saw Ryan do it. Yeah. I'm not. You know, I'm sure he did if he said he did, but I definitely saw James do it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, James said he did it in the last lap of the practice, maybe, and uh, yep. then just put it away. But yep. and uh, I saw him do the, the over-the-tabletop a bunch, but he never – figured the rest out, and then I did see him that last lap. So figure one it, of those yeah. things where he's, he always is saving that little you know little yeah. bit. Um, but, Chase, so Brayton does that in the main event, and then he breaks his foot hitting Barsha in the heat race. Then he kind of has a squid crash into Dungey on the last lap, and he ends up finishing 10th. And so, but yet he won the heat, and he jumped that thing, and he looked great. What do you think? Was it a good night? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're Brayton, you're leaving happy. Um, I mean, you broke your foot, you win your heat race, <laughs> and you're oh, and battling you bro- for and six. You, I don't, and you, and I don't you broke see your, how you could be disappointed with that. And you broke your pinky. I guess his pinky broke, too. Oh, did he? I didn't hear that. I saw his foot. We went yeah. over to the truck afterwards, and his foot was wrapped up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't see how you could be disappointed with that. Um, and on the TV, they showed it. Uh, Brayton was totally committed, and Dungey tried to get back on the track, and he just plowed him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously probably disappointed with 10th, but 
you know, I mean, he was up there. He was challenging, and especially after Toronto where he was good as well. Um, you know, it kind of looks like he's getting that where he was early in the season. So, JT, both Villapoto, I don't know if both guys told me this, but Stu told me I had that section at four-tenths quicker. Um, Stu said it was about two-tenths quicker by his clock and his you know, I I had a couple three tenths, so let's say it's three tenths. Let's split the difference, right? Okay. Stu said, you know, yeah, it was three tenths, but you know, the margin of error was too high, and I don't think you could do it consistently. And you know what? In the main event, when Brayton missed that section, oh god, it cost him big time. Um, so you're the former racer here, although I have four Manitoba titles, and Chase, I think Chase used to race. So, you know, we're all racers here, JT, just like you. But let's let's throw this to you. Um, would you would you do it? What 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 would be your thinking in that? I think the at the beginning, uh especially in the heat races, I think they could have pulled it con- consistently because it was really the turn. It was all about the turn. Mm-hmm. Uh that turn got worse and worse as the night went on. That that was Brayton's problem. Uh I watched I was watching Brayton there closely because he was the only one pulling it. And as the track got worse, and by halfway, he was really struggling to do it. Uh, he was having to go up and around the lines and do all kinds of things. So I think that was the main problem. The upside was that you were out of the main line. So rut-wise, once you got going, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it was just getting out of that turn, man. The, the turn was really deteriorating. And getting the drive to get all the way over that tabletop seemed really, really tough by halfway on. So I can understand why they decided to go away from it. Uh, I think at the, at the beginning of the main event it may have been an advantage, but you would have had to be really, really on top of okay. making a decision to stop. But you're not answering the question. Would I have done it? Yeah. No, be- no, no, because no. I'm not one of the top three riders in the no, world. No, no, I know. You're, you yourself couldn't do it. You're too short. You weren't that good at doing that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, that definitely had everything to do with it. But yeah. I'm saying if you were one of those guys, like, what kind of mentality do you have? Do you have the, ah, screw it, it's three-tenths quicker? Or are you the type of guy that's like, you know what, I'm doing 20 this way. on. I'm going 20 on the table and off. I felt like if I could do a jump once, I, I felt like I could do it pretty consistently. Okay, So yeah, yeah. If I thought I had it down, I probably would have went for it, but... My main thing was you would have had to really, really pay attention to the track going away. Yeah. And you, you couldn't waste laps. So if you stopped doing it on lap six because you didn't think you could do it anymore, yeah, you had to commit to stop doing it and go back to the other line and stay with that. You couldn't mm. just be like, oh, I'm going to try it this lap. No, I screwed it up. Right, right. A second. You know, you really – I think that was a key. Do it until you know you can't and then just forget about it. Like yeah. completely forget the line was there and go back to what you know. Because you can't, like you were saying with Brayton, you can't afford to make that mistake. Oh. You can't afford to miss it. Chase, did you see when he clunked it a few times? Like, it was just a killer. No, I missed that. I oh, yeah. It. When he when he didn't get it, JT, did you notice? Tomac and, and Dungy just ate him up. Because he would clunk it, and then he had to double double single, I think. I don't. He would get over the table, all right. But then, oh, no, he would clunk the table, then not be able to do the triple and he couldn't triple anything the rest of the way. Yeah, you were just, you were just screwed. You were just done. So yeah. it was ultimate like a risk reward thing. And like you said, if you stopped it, you had to know. Okay, lap ten, shitty ruts, stop it. Right. And right. Then, like know. one, if you do one time and you're just like, oh man, that was really tough. You just have to like mentally 
just tell yourself, hey, okay, we're going to the easy line now, you know, yeah. or easier, just because the the penalty of screwing it up is way too severe. Uh, um, do you think anything? And I and I don't. I'm not saying this is true, but you think James and Villo not doing it was at all due to like they're just feeding me that stuff, and it's actually due to the fact that they were a little scared of it. I don't think they were scared per se. Okay, but I think they just knew that they couldn't execute it consistently, and it comes back to kind of something I looked at a lot. So say if that's your going to be your game plan, you know you're you're not going to do what I said. Try it for a few laps at the when the track's good, and then go away from it. If you're going to try to do that for twenty laps, and you know you do it consistently ten times, you screw it up ten times. Well, you gained three seconds, and then say you lost point eight and then you lost eight. So it's a negative five-second differential over 20 laps. Yeah. You know, so it, I think they they looked at it that way. They were willing to, you know, they were willing to go with the line. They didn't even have to think about They didn't have to set up for. There really wasn't a ton of risk in and just go with that. And I think it's, I think they were both kind of watching each other too. Okay, well then let me ask. So does this say something about Brayton, that he was balls out and not scared to do it? I think he, he felt like it was his advantage. You know, I think he felt like he had it dialed. Nobody really else did. Like, he had it in the heat race every lap, no problem. Yeah. So, for a guy like Brayton, who's never won a race, he he doesn't get on the podium very often, but he is a great rider. He has that capability, but it's he's not a consistent podium guy, you know. I think he was looking at it, this is my shot. You know, this this is what I need to make sure I'm up there. It, you know, if I can get a good start and get out front with these guys, if I can – do that line, that's my edge. That's what I, you know, that's what yeah. I need to be up there. So I think for him, he's got to take that that advantage when he's got it. JT, so Canard, uh, Tomek, and Hill, and Short all gained two spots on the last lap, right? Like so, yep. so like Hill's seventh looks a hell of a lot better than the ninth, for example. Right. Right. Has that ever happened to you? Did you gain like? Two, three, four spots on the last lap, or, or near the end. Yeah, of Yeah, I've taken, I've gotten some help like that. Um, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of times for me it would happen just like it happened for a few guys like Nick Way and these guys. Is it was on the last lap, and they're already a lap down. Mm-hmm. So you, you pass them, and then you're just like, oh well, that didn't help me. You know, they're, they're still going to be ahead of me right. on the score sheet. Right, right. So it happened with uh, with Nick Way and Michael Berman. They took each other out on that classic commentary. Yep. Uh, I ended up getting ninth in the race, and I wouldn't got would have gotten seventh, but it was the last lap, so it didn't count. So, um, yeah, I mean, for a guy like Trey, like I predicted he would get seventh. He was in seventh, so I was looking really smart. And then you know those guys handed him a fifth, which is awesome. You know, so it's it's a little unfortunate. I think uh, you know Dungey went for it, trying to get by Roxon when he really didn't have it, and then you know Brayton didn't even see him, so it's kind of a bummer. I hate to see Brayton kind of get hurt over it, but yeah, uh, whatever. I'd, I'd rather see those guys going for it, too. What about the Barsha Pike thing, Chase? Yeah, it didn't, uh, you know, I didn't think it was that bad. So, um, so I didn't watch. Obviously, Weston was not happy with it, and uh, I don't think Dungey was either. Um, you know, I think we could talk about this every week with Barsha, though. Um, was Dungey upset about Pike's pass on him or Pike's block on him? I I think he was upset with Barsha. Um, 
Why was from Dun- what I heard. Why was Dungey upset with Barsha? Not sure. Um, but if you watch uh, on another media outlet, uh, <laughs> there is a video with Barsha, and he said uh, that Dungey called him an amateur. So I'm not not sure exactly what he was referring to. but So Barsha puts a super cross pass, in my opinion, and I have yet to see it on video, by the way. Uh, I got in late today, and uh, I haven't watched the race. Barsha puts a, what I feel is a super cross pass, aggressive super cross pass, onto Pike. Pike sort of throws an elbow into him. They get into it. Then Barsha kind of headbutts Pike after the race. Is that? Did they show that? Uh, I didn't see that part. Okay, because that's what people down on the floor were saying, that they were arguing and Barsha kind of went boof with his helmet. JT, did you hear that? I did, yeah. So, does does Pike have a reason to be upset, JT, over that pass? I, I, I don't see it. I need to see it again. See, but I, This is where we were kind of we disagreeing about this last night, and I think this is why Dungey was upset, too. I think, I think Barsha was kind of jacking with Dungey a little bit before that, too. But I think it's just really, you know, when you're in a qualifying spot, especially in a heat race, and there's two turns to go, and... I, I just thought it was overly aggressive with not really much to gain and a lot to lose type thing. Um, I think he had the pass made, and he pushed Pike even higher into the hay bales, and Pike went over the berm, knocked the hay bales down, almost crashed. And I don't think he really had to do that. I think he had the pass made, and he pushed it even harder in there than he really needed to. Like Pike yeah, was, but <clears throat> JT, what? Pike does that shit all the time. That's what we love about Pike. He does not care. He rams you every. Re- he tries to stick it in every time he can. Yeah, but that, you're in the second to last turn when you're everybody's qualifying. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, but I, I, I'm gonna say this because I don't think you've ever been in this spot. But when you're in the qual- when you're in a qualifying position on the last lap, you really don't do stupid things. Like it's it's really not the time. It wasn't a stupid thing though. I need to watch Mike it. Almost again. crashed. What, did you not hear me the first time? When I yeah, said? yeah, yeah. But. I mean, that would have made it really stupid if he would have knocked Pike down for a, an irrelevant spot when everybody's qualifying. If uh, Pike would have crashed, that's stupid. Do we race here, or do we just all? Are we all just buddies? How many points do you get in the heat race? You per get second. You get two gate picks. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's irrelevant, especially with how much starts are you know playing the key. I mean, is it irrelevant, JT? I mean, you yeah, in the big picture, absolutely. In the big picture, it is. Yep. I, I, I mean, I, there was nothing. It, it's not irrelevant that he made the pass. It's irrelevant that he almost knocked Pike down to do it. That, that's, that's, that's what Pike was pissed about. If Barsha would have passed him and just, you know, took the line and, you know, whatever, just, but he almost, like, Pike almost crashing because of the way the pass was made is what Pike was mad about. He wasn't mad about getting passed, I promise. He was mad about having to go through hay bales over a berm to not crash. But what was wrong with the pass? Because it was it was overkill. When you have the inside, there's not there's no way Pike. What's Pike going to do? Ride through him around the outside? Like you're going to give up the line. But when you take someone all the way to the hay bales and you don't give him any room to turn, like he literally had to go through the hay bales to turn. Like he couldn't go anywhere. Like he didn't leave him any. Like you have to leave somebody room in that spot. There's nothing like it's not the last spot and the last chance. Like leave the guy room. So basically, so it doesn't fall down is all I'm saying. You is don't that, have to let, you know, not, you can make the pass, whatever, that's, that's all fine. But leave the guy room so he doesn't fall down. Everybody's qualifying. You're not, uh, you know, really accomplishing that much with 
making it that forceful. I think that's that's the kind of passes where that's why Dungey was mad because Barsha does that stuff where he he's just like with Roxon, like it, it you don't need to put whip the bike in the guy's face. You don't need to force the bike in there that hard. You don't need to hit people that you know. There's there's ways to go about things with tact and make the pass and do it without having to put the other guys you know qualifying spot in jeopardy. Uh, I, I just I think there's a level of professionalism that you have to kind of keep in mind in a spot like that. Like there's a lot on the line for these guys to get in out of the heat and all that kind of stuff. And for him to almost knock him down, like I understand it's all racing, but I, I just think there's kind of a an unwritten code out there, like you don't do stupid things in the heat races on the last lap when, you know, it's not for a qualifying spot, you know, kind of in or out thing. I just feel like Justin Barsha and Michael Lessie have been singled out by all the villagers as we don't like you. Well, you, you ha- they have it coming, in my opinion, at times. Barsha, I mean, you, Barsha's you, you done... Build, you build a reputation, and, and you if you do enough things to kind of piss people off regardless of the severity of your action there's a cumulative effect of a response mm-hmm. so i you know i i'm not saying that it was just like this crazy outlandish move by barsha at all i'm, I'm really not like i don't think it, it was yeah, it just wasn't. incredibly bad but i also don't think it was that great either. Like if they would, if I would have been Pike, I'd be like, dude, come on! Like I almost crashed. Like you really have to force it in there that bad. Like you had the line. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm trying to explain a situation that you haven't been in out there, but it's I don't know. Like the last lap when you're when everybody's qualifying, you really have to kind of think about what you're doing a little bit. Well, no, 125 Pro Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, I I was winning this fair race. And uh, I went outside to uh, get a lapper, and a guy came in, the second-place guy came in and kind of took me out and got the win. And I, I was like, that's for the win. It's for the win. You yeah, know? that's a different scenario, though. I, I really think, you know, it that situation applies differently to situation. It's a situational difference, in my opinion. I just if, want... it's the last spot, if it's the last spot in the heat race, anything goes. I really believe that. If it's, you know, if they're in fourth and fifth, I have nothing. I don't think Pike can say anything. If if Pike, you know, reacts negatively, then then I would absolutely say that I I so, can't really blame Barsha at all. But in that spot, in that scenario, I, I don't really agree with it. So, uh, one of our guys down there. Okay, we can just go round and round debating this. Chase and I are right. You're wrong. But okay. any, any, anyways, uh, so one of our people who were down on the floor after Pike and Barsha got into it. I, apparently Pike rode into the tunnel, put his bike there, and was like, "Come here." And Barsha, <laughs> and Barsha, I guess, was walking that way or riding that way, and saw Pike like, "Hey, we're gonna take care of things over in this tunnel." And apparently Barsha made a U-turn and went back to the AMA, <laughs> and was like, "Hey, hey, we need to talk about this." <laughs> you know, the great thing about this is I have I have Pike and I have Weston Pike and Ryan Dungey on my side, and versus you get you two. Yeah, right, right. That's, that's um, good, news, good news for me. I, I just, I like Pike. I, from what we hear, Pike was like, come here. Come here in the tunnel. We will t- we will t- we will handle this. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like I tweeted, like, 
Pike will get, take this as far as you want. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Where do you want to go with this thing? Let's do it. Are we are we bringing out grenades, knives? You you tell me. Whatever you want. Uh, and I don't and I don't blame Barsha for for turning around and looking for John Gallagher at that point. Um, it's like the Channel Four News team brawl. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Well, uh, we might get Wygant back on the line here to talk to him and, and see if he if what he thinks about it, but. Let's move on a little bit. Uh, Chase, Trey Kennard's return. What'd you think? Man, I was impressed. Uh, he came out firing. I mean, even God, he's ballsy. Right practice. He's ballsy. I mean, he just came yeah. out firing. Um, which you know, and I don't remember who brought it up, but I guess that is kind of typical Kennard when he does come back. Um, uh, there was Millville a couple years ago. He was good, and then before that, you know, all his other injuries, he's come back. Um, I mean, he just didn't look like he missed a beat from Russell. No, he's ballsy. Not scared. Yeah. Not scared. Don't for it. What do you think, JT? Well, yeah, I, that's what I expected. He's he <laughs> he does not have a, a break in period. Like, there's no warming up to getting back out there. He's he's hammered down from the get go. So uh, sometimes it bites him. Most of the time, it you know it's what people love about him, and, and it's yeah. why he is in the position he's in. And he was like you said, JT. You had him for seventh. We talked on the uh, Moto sixty show five to seven, five to eight, and that's about where he was. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yep. He's he moved up. Um, he he was passing people to get where he was. He he got a pretty poor start. So I think he's capable of more. Uh, I, I'm not sure what was going on with the starts. He had two pretty horrific starts um, in his two races last night. So I think there's more to come from him. Ab- absolutely. You know, Houston coming up was the side of his first win ever. So mm-hmm. I expect to see him up there. Um, Tomac back to the factory bike this weekend, and he re- and he uh, he ended up getting a sixth. Not bad. Decent ride for him. Hill rode well. Hill, Hill came from the back a little bit. Him and Shorty were going at it for a while, and then he kind of broke away from that. From him, um, yep. Hill rode solid. Uh, Shorty struggled a bit. Um, said he felt a little, a little flat. Um, kind of the same thing that Roxon said from Toronto. Just mm-hmm. too yeah. much, uh, too much preparation during the week. I, I think everybody's ramping up for outdoors. Is what's happening. The guys are putting in just crazy amounts of work during the week where they probably weren't doing the same uh, kind of thing a month or two ago. So. I think we're seeing little ripple effects of the outdoor preparation going on. Guys are, you know, putting in more miles and more motos and doing things that they – I don't think it's really the greatest idea for Supercross, but they know, you know, Glen Helen's going to be here before they know it. If you guys get a chance, listen to my Kenny Roxon post-race interview. Um, you know, he basically says he's wearing down. I, he says it, and then he catches himself, and he's like, you know, I feel good, though. But I'm worn down. It's a long season, and it's tough. And but I feel good. But you know, well, like you know, we talked about this, right? Like yeah. It's his first 17 race series, and I I know I've brought this up a few times. It, it, when he was right in the heart of this title fight, that I didn't know how he was going to respond to that. Uh, we, I we thought... really saw, and the the reason I even brought it up the first time is because we saw what the the outdoor series did to him. But you know, a but he, times. but he had a, he has Alden, so Alden knows all about hey rest, relax, go hard. That's kind of yeah, what I thought would be different. I don't think you know? it's a preparation thing. I just think it's something he's never done before. So mm-hmm. he's going to learn. You know, we, he was much better this summer 
in you know this past summer in outdoors than he was the previous year. Right. And I think you'll see the same thing. It's it's a learning. Your your body adapts, and he'll know better. You know, it, it's. I don't think you can just say, okay, we're going to do this program, and your body's going to react this way. I, I think you have to learn, and your body gets stronger and you grow, and and all those kinds of things. So I, I think you'll see him get better as the years move forward. But it's tough, man. It's a lot of a lot of racing in a row and a lot of travel, and your body gets beat down. You get sick and hurt, and there's no time to rest. You know, you really can't afford one one bad day or one bad week or anything like that if you're yeah. really trying to win this title. Uh, Chase, uh, Michael Essie, I wrote in Racerhead a few weeks ago, is having a good season. Um, but St. Louis was not good. He went, he got the whole shot, he went backwards fast. Like, like okay, you get the whole shot, Mike's not on that level, he should be an 8th or 10th place guy. Nick Way should not be catching Michael Essie from 20th late in the race. That was not a good race for Michael Essie. No, it wasn't. And I saw he tweeted that he went down. I never saw him go down, but he got shuffled back quick before that. Yeah. Um, yeah, regardless of regardless if he went down or not, before he went down, he was going backwards fast. Yeah, and I don't know what it is because you're right. I mean, he can go out there and win semis and, and get whole shots, and then it comes main event. He just cannot put it together. Um, and most of the time it has been crashes, but this time he just—I mean—he just got shuffled back. I mean, I, <laughs> there's no, you know, there's no looking past that. Um, See, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is that he can't, you know, transfer over from the semi to the main. Um, but obviously, it's something. JT, not a good night for him. No, and. You know, I've talked to him. I've talked to Berner, who trains him during the week. I've talked to Tony. I've talked to everybody, and it's just got to be mental at this point. The, the kid's the kid's really strong. He's in shape. He does lots and lots of work and preparation. So I really do think it's mental at this point. There, there's really nothing else to the equation than just his mind and believing that he belongs up there for 20 laps and that he can put it together. So. I, I think that's what they believe as well. I, I don't know the answer to it, but I think that's that's kind of where they're at with it. Uh, I'll tell you where I'm at. BTOsports.com. Use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself money. Anything you need uh, for any kind of bike you got, even OEM parts, uh, BTOsports.com has it. And, of course, huge tire sale going on right now. Massive Pirelli tire sale. They're practically giving them away, JT. And uh, you go search btosports.com for tires. Go ahead and shop anywhere else and uh, go back to BTO, and I guarantee you their prices uh, are better than everybody's. And, uh, of course, uh, Fox Racing, the official gear, Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon. Look, JT, I know you're a fly guy. We all know that. But which Fox stuff do you like the best, if you had to pick one? I'm not really familiar with their company too much. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go online and, and try to find some okay. stuff and All right. get back. I, I really All right. don't know. Okay, yeah. Uh, Chase, if you had to talk about the Fox stuff, I like the uh, I like the orange tiger stripe stuff that Kenny Roxon's been wearing. Yeah, I do enjoy that. It is uh, it's good, especially on the KTM. It looks nice. It does. It looks real good. And of course, uh, race tech suspension. Use the code PulpMX14 to save yourself money doing race tech suspension. Guarantee you, you need suspension work, and uh, so um, please listen to this commercial and uh, save yourself uh, some money doing that too. 
BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Racetech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lee, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Racetech suspension, and they've been around a long time, and their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people, at least uh, change your oil in your new bike. Use Racetech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thie, the owner of Racetech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Racetech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. All right, we're back on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show presented by Fox Racing. JT, uh, you ready for this? Tickle. I don't know. Tickle, Grant, Kirky, Hahn, Reed, Weimer, Tedesco. What do those guys all have in common? Uh, a lot of free time on Saturdays. Those are those guys all raced main event. Anaheim won seven guys, and maybe I missed somebody in there. But we're missing seven guys right now, and I think it's starting to show. I think we're starting to see. You think? I, we're, you think? We're starting to see. You know, the depth being not quite there. <laughs> I think that's putting it mildly. Yeah, I was wondering. I honestly, the thought crossed through my mind if I could get ready to race Houston. <laughs> really did. Look, I, I love wondering how I could run my VIP program and race Houston at the same time <laughs> and sell gear this week and write about the race. People, it's, it's, we're, 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 we're balancing on a tight rope here because people will get very upset at us. But there's some guys in the 450 mains that are getting – first of all, they can't do 20. They can't put 20 – you know, hard laps in there. There's not used to. I don't it. think they train for twenty. No, no, I don't think so. No, when you when you don't make main events or you've never made a main event, why would you train for a twenty lap main event? <laughs> there are some guys like early on in the mains that are just out of it. They're just out of it. I mean, they're they're look like they're trying hard, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, as fun as much fun as we're making of it and light light of the situation, it really is cool for those guys. And it is. I know. But... I noticed my mindset has changed because. I used to be one of those guys that if those guys got in and I was injured or something was going on with me or whatever, I would be so bitter. I'd be like, man, I can't believe those guys are in there, whatever. Now I'm just like, oh, man, that's awesome. Like, congrats for them. Like, I just don't care anymore. Like, it's, it's funny <laughs> yeah, how like, your, right. your opinion changes. I'm just like, oh, that's so, that's so cool for them. That, that's such a great experience, and they're never going to forget. They never make another main event ever. They're never going to forget this night. So, so it's funny as I'm getting older and getting more and more separated from it, how my kind of a, my just outlook on it is changing. Is your outlook changing on awarding national points for a 250 Supercross? It is softening a bit. Really? I, it's not. It's not that I don't think it's wrong. I just don't care. <laughs> I really just don't care. No, it's, it's spectacular. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Chisholm. I miss Chisholm. Eight guys from Anaheim one. So, yeah. uh, did Chisholm race did Anaheim? Did Chisholm make the main? 
I don't know if he made the no. You know what? He never made any of it. Manaheim mains. That's right. Okay. Yeah, he didn't. But and but Chiz is good. We got we got to add Chiz. He's yeah. Solid. Uh, Gerky dislocated elbow. JT out yeah, for a while. He's broken as well. Broken. Yeah. Pretty, pretty rough injury for Gerky. And Chase, what about Will Hans crash? Oh my God. That was scary, man. Um, I think everybody was kind of holding their breath on that one. Oh, wow. Um, he laid there for a long time, it seems like. There's nothing funny about the broken humorous that he has suffered from right now. <laughs> no, and, uh, I, and I've heard it might be some other things as well. Yeah, um, dislocated shoulder, uh, cracked collarbone, and cracked skull. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. Um, I don't I've been... know, necessarily know what that means, but uh, it means you're the... not good. The skull, the the thing that wraps your <laughs> brain in bone. Oh, oh thanks, Brad. I appreciate that. No, <laughs> no, but I don't know what that means as far as like how you fix it. You know, does that damage the brain? I, I don't know anything about that. No, I've, but... been, I've been texting with him today. His brain's not damaged. Okay, so yeah. we're good. Um, I've been yeah, asked. I told him that he owed me money. I, I was hoping he remembered that he owed me a large sum of money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was scary, man. And you know, I think we all hate to see that. Um, but yeah, when they, when they had to carry them off, you could just tell it wasn't, it wasn't good. Hey, JT, um, I mean, oh, sorry, Chase, interrupt you, but he'll, he'll be out for a while. Unfortunately, you're probably right. Yeah. The, the bummer thing is, and I, I think you tweeted this or Instagrammed it or something, but can you think, you you can't find one person that's going to say something negative about Will Hahn. No, I can find someone to say negative things about you. you oh could, yeah, for you sure. Could, I, I could probably too. You can find somebody to say negative things about me. Yep. Uh, and uh, and probably Chase. Probably Chase, too. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sure. But Will Hahn? Yeah. No one. Uh, n- no doubt. Um, all right. Hey, let's welcome to the show RacerX online editor, all of our boss, Jason Wygant. Yes, this is like the mystery shopper game where, um, you know, you just think I'm an ordinary ca- a customer at the cash register, but I'm really listening and paying close attention and taking notes. I've been listening the last, what, five minutes here. Yeah, yeah. Notes on my employees. Um, shopping them. How was your GNCC? Did you race? As Hulk Hogan once said, it wasn't just a no, it was a oh hell no, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Dude. Uh, dude. It I can you can call me a fair weather rider if you want, but I'll just call it straight. I do not possess the motorcycle skills to ride two hours in that mud. I mean it is it was ridiculous. Oh, was it? Okay. Dude, it was it was just a deluge all day, <clears throat> well, most of the day Saturday, all night Saturday. And when I got there this morning, um, you, they were pulling people in, pulling people into the parking lot <laughs> to allow them to race. Not pulling people out, pulling people in so they could pit. Uh, and then the track was just one giant rut, like a 12-mile muddy clay rut. So, uh, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> all right. Um Let's let's uh, get back to St. Louis here. Anything else on the two, on the four fifty class? Either one, of, either one of you two guys. We'll just move this Wygant guy into the two fifties. Yeah. Nick, I hey, uh, Nick Way started twentieth, wrote got eleventh. JT. Now I, I know we just talked about the lack of depth, but uh, still a good ride for Nick Way. Yeah, it was good, and I really didn't think he rode all that great. Um, wow. All night until then. Oh, okay. Until so. then, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Kind of struggled, you know. Crashed in his uh, in his semi when he had you know a qualifying spot really easily. Well, lots of lots of problems with Team Mafia Moto Crew there. He his mechanic had miscounted, and he thought that 
he was in when he wasn't or something. So then he got on a mission, and he could have, and then Augie Lieber told him after the race, thanks for not smashing me. So, because he, he could have smashed Augie. No, he tried. Yeah, yeah. He tried. Uh, he just didn't have the angle. Right. I mean, they would have... He would have probably knocked himself down and not Augie anyway. So yeah, um, but yeah, he, he fell in that semi, or he would have got in easily, and he almost still got in. So yeah. I don't know. I I was happy to see him kind of turn it around, and and obviously Nick is a guy that's been on the podium before. So just you know, he had a big injury and coming back, and to see him at least riding well and and happy with his riding, I think is the most important thing. I don't really care how he finishes, but yeah, you know, if, if he's happy with it, then that's you know that's good for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel uh, like when you watch Wade, you can see the um, – it's no offense to the guys who are making their way into the semis or the LCQs, but you can see the difference between when you watch, you know, Filippoto, Stewart, Rocks, and Dunge, and then a couple – like an hour later when it's those guys battling. You can just see small little mistakes here and there. And I feel the thing about Nick is he nails all the sections clean most of the time in comparison to, to those guys. Maybe speed-wise he's still in the 10 to 20 range. Like they are, but he just seen like that dragon back uphill whoop thing. Did he ever mess it up? Like that was messing up a lot of dudes, and he seemed like he could just he can just handle stuff like that twenty laps no problem. Well, yeah, I think you're you're talking about a guy that was a factory rider and a podium threat for a lot of years. So the the skill set is there. You know, it's mm-hmm. he he's by far much better of a overall rider than those guys, um, and especially on a technical track like that, it really stands out. Well, um, yeah, and again, like not talking bad about those guys, but when Nick fell in the semi, he was eighth, I think, and he got on the horse, buckled down, and he he pretty much, I mean, you could see, like he blew by Tapia, blew by somebody else. Another lap he would have had Lieber, and whoever was in front of Augie probably would have been passed, maybe Cody Gilmore. There's a difference there between a Nick Way and those guys. You can well, see yeah, I would, yeah, I would hope so. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just, you know. Yeah, like, you're talking about a guy with, you know, 100 and some odd main events and podiums and made millions of dollars in the sport versus guys who have never made main events in their life. So. Oh, okay, sorry. All right, well, sorry. I'm no, trying, no, I'm, I'm trying just to... saying you have to keep in mind of the difference what you're talking about, too. All right. Um. Uh, ben LeMay, first first uh, main event of the year, rode pretty well. Good to see. He said his wrist was still sore. So, uh, Any word on why he wasn't at Toronto? No. Chase, did you talk to him? I think you talked to him after the race. Uh, I didn't. Uh, oh. I, I thought he had a concussion uh, from Detroit, was my yeah. understanding. Uh, I thought you talked to yeah, him. Yeah, other than oh. that, I don't know. All right. I talked to Jeremy Martin after the race, by the way. Only, only because I called him troll because I was behind him and he turned around and I'm like, oh, you're not troll. Did you give him the? Eh? No, but we had we had a conversation. We did. We had a real live conversation. Nice. Yeah. So and was then, there, no, were there no any worries at bombs? All? Like nothing. What? Like no worries at all. Like you're just two regular dudes. Like as if nothing two, had ever happened. Two regular old buddies just talking about how the one brother took the other brother out. Wow. Yeah. Um. Maybe he was looking for Matthews. You know, <laughs> did he f bomb you? No, no. Huh, I would have. <laughs> I may do it now just for fun. Really? Because I recall a, a pre race podcast where you went, eh? No, I, yeah, I was referring to your opinion of Jeremy Martin. I think you were saying that you were coming on board with my opinion. No, I picked him on my fantasy team this weekend. Oh, 
Well, he once again let me down. <laughs> you really were pissed, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm really stupid. All right, Weed, so 250s. You're sitting at home, Charlotte, North Carolina. Davalos gets out front. We're all waiting for it, right? All of us in agreement thought he was going to lose the front end or go down in the whoops. Besides JT, besides JT. Watch out, specifically, I think what I was watching Okay, for. all right. But but uh, full credit, yeah, full credit, real great. Yeah, yeah, he did. We'll take it. He did. Um, I, I do say that uh, you know, especially when okay, he he pretty much worked Bogle in the field for maybe the first five or six laps, especially. Uh, I know Bogle had to make uh, had to pass I think Amar, and that allowed ba- uh, Davalos to get a little little gap. But for the most part, I think Davalos was just going faster early, and then it's like, oh uh, wait. <laughs> And it was literally, I believe, lap eight, of course, the heat race length. <laughs> and Bogle started to reel him in, and you're like, what? What is the deal? Why is it eight laps of glory or six laps of glory? But once we get into about lap ten, why does this happen? But, uh, yeah, absolutely, credit no. to him. I mean, you couldn't deal with more pressure than that. Bogle was the faster guy. He got fourth or fifth place, had to work up and catch Davalos made a big mistake on the dragon back and had to work back up and catch him. It wasn't a huge difference, but Bogle was faster. But he made not on paper. He made the mistake, and the Ecuadorian banditos were very happy. But ay, 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 ay. <laughs> I think that's I think that's Mexican. Yeah, it's all it's all the same. Okay, all right. But uh, yeah, Chase, I thought I thought I thought Bogle was going to get him. I really did. What do you think? Uh- yeah, I did. I thought Bogle was a tad better, um, but man, you got to give credit to Davos. Um, I talked to him after the race, and you could tell. I think he was more relieved um, than anybody. Right, he was able to <clears throat> withstand that pressure, and you know, not only the championship pressure, but I mean, Bogle was just on him the entire race, um, and for him not to make that mistake that he typically would have Mm -hmm. um you could tell he was kind of relieved um and you know what this will do going forward you know i don't know but uh yeah it was good man i thought it was uh surprising i would say okay so chase who did you have winning this title and i'm sure i asked you this with three rounds before before the before st louis who did you have uh i had bogle okay do you still you still have bogle it's eight points now Eight points, two rounds. Yeah. Um, Come on over, Chase. Gonna, we got room. It, it, it's gonna be tough. Um, we got room. Just because, if I don't see anybody else getting in there between them, um, just because Baggett cannot get a start, so Bogle's gonna have to win twice, and then Davos is gonna have to make a mistake. Um, oh, Wygant. Wygant does not like the. One two, one two, uh, one two, and all that. It's, yeah, so you, you know, I mean, I think it's Davos is to lose. Um, I think as it has been from the start. Yeah. Okay. I'm at, okay. I think we're I'm gonna have to jump on the Davos bandwagon here. The first five weeks, he did not have the points lead, but it was always his title. <laughs> Big picture. Yeah. Big picture, Weege. Weege, what do you think? Eight points up, two rounds to go. I, I am I I'm gonna put that on my tombstone. Never count the points, you know, as if the right. races right. run when they haven't run yet. But sometimes when you get to these when you split the coast east and west and you split the town in half, sometimes it does start becoming inevitable. I mean it was the same thing last year with Han and, 
and uh, and Muscan, you were like, okay, well, they, neither of them can get an ace. It's literally impossible for them to get eighth place. They will either DNF or finish on the podium, just with the amount of riders that are left that could beat them. I mean, I think Davalos could start last and still get fourth. You know, no offense to the guys that are out there, but that's just what happens when you split east and west in half, So, and other guys are out injured. So I do think it's going to be tough now uh, for Bogle. I mean, you have to have Davalos essentially finish off the podium once or get two-thirds. That's, uh, that's not going to be easy. I don't think he'll get two-thirds or go at the podium. He'll have to just wad it completely and just be out. This is, this is a terrible decision by Davalos to win this title. He's got to go. Wow, he's, riveting, riveting analysis. He, he's got to go to four fifties. Who's going to hire him? How's he going to ride a four fifty for twelve rounds of motocross? So now you're on the bandwagon that he should stay in the two fifty class. He's got to milk this thing. Oh, he's wow. got to milk it. I've always said it. I've always said it. Going for the full decade, decade of decadence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, JT. Anniversary tour. Uh, Baggett starts are comical. They're comical. No, he's working on them. He's, he's, he's getting it dialed. Uh, oh. They've got a new system in place. Oh, my God. They're so bad. No, they're good. They're going to get it. <laughs> if, if Troll hadn't taken Jeremy and Vince out, three guys went down in one heap, I don't think – I think he would have had a fifth. In a, uh, he was. He still would have got third. You think? Yeah. He would have. Yeah, he would have passed all I those did. guys. He was yeah. riding really, really well. So, His lap times are really good. So was J Mart. And not like not like Blake was. His times are really strong. He was. He was. His times were. I don't think he would have beat either the first two, but he was on their pace. They have him at the fourth, fourteenth place after lap one. That's just not going to get it done, Weege. You think? Mm-hmm. You think? I'm no Kurt Hendrickson. But that's not going to get it done. No, not in not in this situation. He he literally can do it outdoors. He can he can do that. We've seen it. But you, dudes don't get tired. Did you guys in the same manner that they do? Either. Did you guys see my tweet about what he told uh, Ashley Phillips? She's like, yeah. yeah what do you got to do? Two rounds left. You know what do you got to do? You still got a, a chance at this title. Um, you know you're not out of it yet. Uh, what do you got to do to win one of these things? I'm just going to start riding outdoors. That's what he told her. I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm waving the white flag. Where is it? Dave Prater very happy about that comment. Right. I'm going outdoors. The summer series. I am going to hit the summer series. Hey, if the question going into this was, you know, Baggett's got to prove himself. He, we've got to see if he can really do this Supercross thing. And the season ends with one absolutely dominant ass-kicking ride at Daytona and kind of so-so everywhere else. What did he do? for his career prospects I, and, and negotiation skills with that season. I don't think anything. Yeah, it, I, I think it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's just reinforcing the fear that people had. And I know he was hurt coming in, so it's kind of an unfair comparison, but you know no one will remember that. Uh, it's just more, yep, he killed it at Daytona, and he was not as good as the other races. He can't ride Supercross. It's good. The, that word will be said. Yeah. Words will be said. I don't think it's that he can't ride it. I think he's better. Outdoors, for sure. I think his riding is fine, but you can't start 14th and go oh, as fast as the, you, as the you winner correct, and think you're going to win. That's not the way it's going to be interpreted. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But yeah. I think if you really break it down and you really look at what the facts are, his riding is fine. You know, I don't think he's going to – I don't think anyone thinks he's going to win 450 Supercrosses, nor do I think they think that Bogle or 
Martin will win 450 Supercrosses either. So if he can be a, a top 10 450 Supercross guy and then a legitimate threat outdoors, I think that's good enough. I really do. I think that'll get him a, that'll get him a decent deal. I'll what, right. I'll what's right. what's decent? Uh, JGR. Okay. Uh, something you know. All right. Geico, like a, a good bike, a good team, like one of the elite teams. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe not full factory, but good. You know, access to a good bike. Chase, who was uh, who was more impressive, Cunningham or Catanzaro? Ah, uh, you gotta go Catanzaro. I mean, that was that was our left field. <laughs> I mean. Cunningham was, you know, fourth a couple weeks ago. Um, I think Ken Zaro's best was ninth before this. Um, so yeah, I was, I was shocked, man. I didn't think he had it in him. Um, and, and not just because of, you know, him. I, but he's riding with a, a torn MCL. I just didn't think he had 15 strong ones in him. Uh, but, yeah, I was obviously proven wrong on that. That was good but, yeah, ride. He was yeah. good. Yeah. He was good. No, good ride for him. And uh, Cunningham, good ride for him. Thompson. Bishaglia uh, got a pretty good, decent ride. Didn't go down. He didn't crash, so that, that's good for him. Um, Matt Lemoyne might have got third, J- JT, had he not gone down. He was in third again, looking good. Yeah, he rode great. He was riding great all all day and night. Um, we've seen this kind of thing from, from him before where he's, he's inconsistency, bites him. But, yeah, bummer. I mean – privateer guy he's not making any money out there so yeah it's, it's kind of sad to see but it's, it's all right he'll be back alex martin got ninth i didn't even know that till i looked at the results on Sunday, uh, saturday night i thought he was way back there he i guess he got up after the weeble wobble crash and i mean yeah he, he wasn't yeah. down long at all yeah he got right yeah. up and he, so unfortunately he was just way too far behind those guys but but it's still a good comeback considering you know i think he i think the worst he was was 11th oh really so, really yeah yeah oh, okay he wasn't down very long jeremy martin was down for like three laps and i'm just watching him unable to start his motorcycle again <laughs> which happens every single weekend in in one of his races heat race last you know main yeah. event yeah i don't know what is going on over there i really don't That's so, can someone fill me in what's happening his throttle got stuck he he couldn't start his bike he was kicking yeah, his it throttle got stuck he told me I tried. never saw him do anything with a throttle stuck. He rode slowly o- around the outside of the track. Yeah, that's what he told me. That it, the throttle got stuck or something. Um, I, I'm I very know. confused. <laughs> I didn't hear a bike revving wide open. I like how we. I like how JT like dr- your result and whether he picked you in his fantasy directly cor- is you know what he thinks of you that week. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just it's getting to the point where you're just like. What is happening over there? Like, this kid, this kid's really good. He is a really, really, really good rider. No doubt about it. His times are good, even in practice and Supercross, even though his results have been bad. He was a legitimate podium guy outdoors. He cannot put a main event together to his potential at all costs right now. I, he can't do it. Look, I, I, look I, I was hard on the Rockstar Suzuki team for many years. Things weren't working out. They've turned the corner. They've really turned them. I really believe that that star team is, I don't know if it's without a rudder, without a sail, uh, without a motor, any kind of sort of analogy you want of something drifting. What is this, America's Cup? Whatever analogy you want of something drift, <laughs> drifting in the sea, just drifting lost, whatever you want to say. 
I, I, and I don't, Bobby Reagan, I don't know him that well. I know, I hear stories. I know Ronald Reagan. I know stories. I, I, I just, I feel like that team is a graveyard of riders. I really do. I, I, and I would tell Bobby that. I, I don't think he's a big fan of myself and things I've written, but I would tell him that. I, I would be Bobby. You're hitting your head against the wall, doing the same shit, and you're getting the same mediocre results. And only because Webb and Martin are so good, they're somewhat saving you. But I just they should be better. They're a factory Yamaha support. And, and of course, in this day and age, that's a little, you know, that's not as strong as it used to be in the heyday of Yamaha Troy. But still, why can't? Are you with me? Like, do you agree? I just, I would, I would, I would go in there and I would, I, I don't know, I would blow it all up and start over a la the Oakland Raiders. Wait, they're not doing that either. I would just, that's it. We got to get rid of our personnel, our mechanics, uh, what we're doing. I just, something has to change. I see where you're coming from, except I think it's a little too early to, uh, to, because the Martin thing, this has only been bad for this, you know, three quarters of a Supercross season. I don't think the next two races are going to go great, but I mean, he's, we traditionally get on Star's case for not being patient. So, we cannot now say you need to blow things up because one Supercross season, you know, two months worth of races went horrible. There's still a chance that Martin and or Webb are going to do really well next year, outdoors this year, and everything's going to look fine. So I can't preach that they need to be patient, but also preach they should blow things up in the same sentence. So no. <laughs> I just, I mean, they had a good year last year, and you're right. We've, we've talked about how they've let guys go too soon. But, yeah. man, this is just I'm, let's let's. I mean, I don't think Cooper's Supercross season it was okay, right? Is anybody going to say it was great? I think we all just agree it was okay. Cooper's West, yeah, it's been okay. He's kind of it's it's looked it's been made to look a lot worse now that his arch nemesis won what three out of the first five races he was ever in. Yeah, yeah, Supercross. Yeah. Now suddenly the standard switches to like, well, he's a rookie, you know, at a podium. That's cool. Well, yeah, let's look as good. let's see what happens outdoors. Maybe both those guys maybe are better riders outdoors. Do you think they are Chase? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they are better, but I don't know if you can look at Webb and compare him to Cincerello. Webb's going up against Seeley, Anderson, you know, established veterans that can win. Um, what two guys had wins coming into the East, which obviously Cincerello's been better, but. I think Star's on the right track. Um, kind of like what we said. I don't think you know two months of Supercross can. You just want to blow it up. Um, no, if they get outdoors and both guys struggle again, then you know maybe you're looking at something else. But you know, I think if they stick with these two guys, I mean, I think they have a solid foundation. Um, that's just my opinion, though. All right. Um, I think the riders are not the problem at all. I don't know what the problem is, but I think they have good riders. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the, those kids have shown some speed, man, especially outdoors, yep. you know. but yep. I mean, if they don't have those two, who are they going to go get that's better? You know, well, I, I don't know who they're going to grab. And look, I've written it. I, writ- I wrote, like, hey, they finally look like they're turning a corner and they're doing this. And, yep. and Weege, maybe you're right. Maybe this is a little bit of jumping to conclusion after only uh, six bad races or whatever, but... If things don't turn around outdoors, man, it's it's not good. So, yeah, I'd agree with you on that. If it yeah. goes to the full season, I'd, I'd agree for sure. Right. Um, 
All right, Chase, this is your, your time to shine here, okay, because you know all these jerkies. So, Landon Powell, 12, Jackson Richardson, 13, Zach Williams, 14, Wentland, 15th, Kilbarger, Starling. Tell us what you got. Who are you impressed with? What would you think? Who would you talk to? Uh, I really didn't talk to any of those guys. Most of those guys were what? gone. That's your wheel. Yeah, most of those guys, the 250 privateers are gone, man. They're they're quick. They're bro, out of there. Bro, um, that, that's your wheelhouse. Those guys are your wheelhouse. Yeah, I know who these guys are. Um, I would say Williamson. Um, I think it's his first main ever made. Really? I think he made. Well, he may have made one last year. Um, but yeah, it, by far his best showing ever. Um, Wentland's been, you know, about 15th to 20 all year. Uh, Richardson steadily improving. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would have to say Williamson or Williams. Um, Williamson was, was good. by far we- the biggest surprise. Williamson was good, too. His bike stayed together and stuff. Oh, I bet he yeah. wasn't happy. Yeah, no, no, no one's happy over there. No one, no one else can win races. No one's allowed to win. No one, we can't be happy for anybody. Nothing over there. I'm trying to think of I, I was telling those guys that same theory, and I was trying to think if I was if we were like that at Yamaha, and I don't think we were. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, were you happy when Ricky won? No, that's a good point. You're right. <laughs> well, no, but like the the I remember I didn't really like Chad either back then that all that much, but I was pissed in '03 when uh, Ricky, not so much Ricky, but it was his entourage in '03 when Chad was w- reeling off those races, and I didn't like Chad back then. We did not get along, but Ricky and all his buddies. Mostly, mostly his buddies, don't get me wrong, his, were saying, oh, he's riding for the points. He's riding safe. No way. He was not. They needed to give Chad more credit back then. So you're basically saying the exact same scenario we saw on Saturday. What's that? As back then. No. Yes. No, only, no it, it, was, it was more so than, than what's happening now. Eh, I, think that, I think what happened on Saturday was exactly what happened in 2003, in my opinion. I don't think James so. was better than Ryan. Yes, James was better. It's but easy for Ryan's people to say that Ryan did road smart. Well, n- none of Ryan's people told me that. Ryan himself. Eh, Ryan it's, it's on vital. There, it, it's out there. No, Trust me, it's out there. Ryan himself told me that. He said I worked hard to get this big lead, you know, and now I'm. I, this is the benefits of having a lead. But I feel like. So the actual person told you this, but it's not the same. No. I, I, Chad won six or seven races in a row, and that's what we were hearing every week. This is one race. Yeah, but Stu's, Stu's been on a little bit of a roll here. Here's the thing where I think that I think RV was powerless to get caught, and I thought he was powerless to get past. But after James passed him, I think, unlike Ricky back then, I think RV was like, okay, I have this points lead. I am riding this thing out. James got by me. And I think RV gave him a pretty good cushion. Back then, 2003, Ricky was going to kill himself, and Chad was still faster. Yeah, but Ricky never did. I mean, I really, I'm going to agree to disagree. I All think right, it was let's, very let's, similar. Can we not argue about 2003? No, I'm not stars? arguing. I just think I think RV and Ricky were in the same spot. Neither of them were. Ricky wasn't crashing himself to beat Chad. He was and RV wasn't crashing himself to be James, but I think was, both of them were pissed off. He and was, hated every second of he it. He was really trying. He was really trying. 
Um, hey, Chase, Landon Powell was good all day. Yeah, he was, and he's been good the past couple weeks. Um, yeah, he's made, is, he's made three mains, and the last two races he's got uh, pretty good finishes. Yeah, really surprising. I didn't – I mean, no disrespect, but I didn't see him as a, as a 12th place guy. Um, Can you tell me why uh, a guy from Utah is doing the East Coast? Yeah, that was surprising as well, because he typically does the West Coast. So he may have been injured. Um, I haven't okay. talked to him this year, so I don't know. Weech, um, Weech, can you believe this lack of info from Chase about these 250 privateer guys? You're hitting him on the you're, – you're, you're looking too narrow with your focus. You're specifically asking him, did you talk to them Saturday night? No. You never get those guys at the race. No, but he knows never these do. guys. I know where the hell they park. Where do they park? <laughs> well, They're you got – still parked in Toronto. <laughs> you guys went and found where they were parked. You did a whole films about well, these guys. That was in the stadiums conveniently where they had no choice but to stay right there, and the entire team was just a toolbox, a bike, and a chair for eight hours in the bowels of the stadium. Oh, this is just Chase's wheelhouse, these guys. That's what I feel like. If, um, if he did this podcast on a Thursday, then he'd probably have, the, the four days between now and then, no, figured out all our stories. Right. So what I, what I want to know, Weege, from you is Matt Bishaglia, uh good rookie season or bad rookie season or medium rookie season? Is there worse than bad? Can you come up with a term that really terrible? Really? And oh, I didn't. I know. Okay, I could see why you'd say really because I don't think he's ridden that badly. Yeah, but dude, dude. Of time, at this point, when the night began, I was just thinking, I hope the poor guy can like make it through the first turn of this heat race without wadding it. Like he's been upside down on the first lap. I'd say in half the starts he's been in, just down. Mm-hmm. Uh. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean you're riding badly. But as much as we're talking about Jeremy Martin, like, oh, anything that can go wrong has gone wrong, I think Bashele has had even worse stuff happen. You know, a lot of LCQs, a lot of first-turn crashes, a lot of first-lap crashes. Um, I don't even know how he's riding. I think he's riding okay, but you never even see him because he starts so far back because of this stuff. Yeah. I'm going to disagree. I, I think it's been pretty decent. Shocking. I, I really didn't expect much. JT so wants I think to argue. That's what. Shocking. I'm basing it on. I, no, I, I just didn't. I, I didn't see much from him outdoors last year. I thought it was pretty underwhelming, his debut. I didn't expect a lot. And he got a fourth place, which is pretty decent. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's been all right. I, I think my expectations are dictating, you know, what I consider a season to be. But it's it's been more than I thought it would be. So I guess there's that. I thought, hey, um, did any of you guys figure out I thought Bogle or Wharton was going to miss like one race or two. Is he seriously hurt? Do we know? Yeah, he had surgery. Yeah, right? he had to get surgery. Uh, oh, but okay. He's supposed to be back for New York or New Jersey. Yeah, I think he, I think he got his uh, meniscus fixed, which is typically a t- between two to four week deal before so, he can ride again. So, so there, there really is no chance that Wharton keeps this deal for outdoors, right? I mean, that was sort of like, hey, if you kill it in Supercross, you can keep, stay outdoors for us, but it's not looking so good. Yeah, so. we no, no idea. Haven't heard. Okay. All right. Although uh, it wasn't um, Will Hans' deal was to race two fifties, I believe, outdoors, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. I think it switched yeah. to four fifty though. Oh, it did. Yeah. I, like as the the season got closer and all that, he he kind of said he was going to do the four fifty thing. How uh, how long is Will? Will we're going to be out for? You think? I mean, I know it's early, but I mean, he's got to miss. Yeah, I don't know. 
That's, he's got a he's got a, a list of injuries. I don't I don't expect to see him anytime. What's that? What's that, Weege? I texted him a little bit today too. He said he's going to, I guess, Doctor Ting's uh, this week or tomorrow. So I don't think they're really going to know yet. Um, hmm. I, I think there's going to be more more info coming. I'd say within the next week, and then maybe they'll have a, a true timetable. All right, um, Weege. Before we wrap this thing up, can we get your thoughts on Justin Brayton's night? Ah, uh, there was one. Damn rut. There was one rut. Freaking ruined his first lap and ruined his last lap. WTF, one rut. I'm going to find the dude who was in charge of maintaining that corner, fixing that rut. On the first lap of the main, he was going faster than Barsha, transfer power style. He had Barsha passed. He went to the inside, and that rut jacked him, and Barsha got back around him. And I was like, ah, if he had gotten in the third, you know, tried to stay with Stu and RV, got ahead of Barsha. Maybe he could have got a podium. And then in the last lap, what happened with that same rut? What happened? Yeah. The rut. Dungy crashed. Brayton got taken out by it. So on lap 1 and 20, the rut effed Brayton over. Could have had a podium. Ended up, Wow. I mean, clinging, clinging to the top 10 streak. Whew. Yeah. Dangerous. Yeah, that was quite. Now he's got a broken bone in his foot, a broken pinky. On the last lap for no reason. It sounds like you've been holding this in, Weege. You maybe need to see a therapist. I, uh, when you watch the races on TV, sometimes sometimes things get frustrating. Although I will say they've done an excellent job. They've really done a good job, I think, spraying the pump around the field. They're yeah. privateers. Yeah, someone, They're doing an excellent job. Someone said, a, think, yeah, someone said a bunch of dudes got interviewed. That's cool. Again, I haven't watched it. But Schmidt and, and, and these guys? Top Jimmy, Nick Way. Um, yeah, they did a, they've done a great job, I think, of, of getting more info. And then the pit reporter, Jenny Tapp, she, she had a stand-up report on, on my guy, Manet, about wow. where he's from and yeah. his head situation, and he's got dual citizenship. I mean, this is the stuff that we used to complain about. They fixed it in a big way. Um, but sometimes the I, – I noticed, you know, Brayton had that pass on, on Barsha and the rut – was too deep, and that screwed him up, and he never took that line for the rest of the race. And I'm like, why is no one noticing that and picking up on that? Mm. That one run in that one corner was feast or famine all night. Right. In a 450 main. Why is no one talking about that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I caught one time. <clears throat> Stu actually went triple single in the jumps leading to the finish line jump. Yeah. And it did not work at all. Yeah, a few guys were doing that throughout the day. It didn't seem any better. It was faster in practice. Yeah, you think? Yeah, because that, that fourth bump got knocked down. Okay. And then once they rebuilt it for the night show, it was compl- it was gone. Like, the line the line was done. Oh, okay. It took all day of people landing on it to knock it down small enough to be able to make it work. And then once they fixed it, yeah, the line was done. I'd like to see them throw it to Jenny interviewing Entenap and then just – Watch her face, just as it just her eyes get big and she stares. Like she stares at the camera and and just like, what is, what is up with this guy? Right? Would that be awesome? Let's take it upon ourselves. Let's let's make it happen. Let's see if we can get Enigmat interviewed this weekend in Houston. You know, you know these guys. We that's what I'm saying. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there and say just interview the seven deuce deuce. Just trust me. Trust. It'll be good TV. We're not gonna tell you what to say. We're not gonna tell you anything else. Just trust us. Yeah. <laughs> he he said he got three uh, Subway gift cards from fans this week. Oh, 
and he signed four Subway wrappers, and then somebody made him a big giant cardboard sign that said Seven Deuce Deuce. What their twos looked like Zs, so it was very weird, but it was like Sevens, Sevens. But, uh, yeah, yeah, just, just, uh, we got Jenny Tafts down with uh, the 722 Adam Entenap, and then just, yeah, <laughs> let, let those guys sit in the booth and go, wow. Um, That's my mission for the week. I'm going to try to make this happen. Uh, he'd be pumped, too. He'd be very excited. His Racer X Films debut was big for him. He was very excited about that. Uh, he's he's Pulp Nation. I'm not going to argue that. He should have made the main is what he should have been. He was in the main. He, uh, he was in. Uh, he was in. I don't know what he did there. What did he do there? What happened? I don't know. He had it so easily. Uh, it was to the point where he had it so easily that I wasn't paying attention anymore. Right, right. The guy he's in, he's good. And then just... just Ass over tea kettle. Yeah. The, well, the dragon, back. dragon back. Yeah, I was dragon yeah. back, but I don't know what – did he nose into the off? Did he not make it off? Who knows? Yeah. He was in between the first two of them, so he couldn't have even cased the off. He had to right. crash trying to get off. Get, get, trying to go up the dragon back. Yeah. Uh, dragons, trying are, to get off. dragons are very temperamental. Trying to get off the dragon. Trying to get off <laughs> on the dragon. <laughs> hey, when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Anything else? Weege, did we you don't even need to talk about the four fifties? What about? Okay, so uh, JT's all bitter at Barsha's pass, and he thinks that Weston has a right to go and beat. I'm not bitter. Beat Barsha down. I mean, no. what's your take on this situation? I think at this point, how would Barsha not get the message? Like, no one is going to be happy with this. I do. <laughs> no, no. One guy. Me. One guy. One guy would be happy. Shorty. Yes. Yeah, Shorty. Because Shorty told him, what, after Detroit, that was fine. That was great, and, dude. Yes. And as Barsha told me, he's like, finally. He said, you know, you know how long I've been waiting for someone to say that? Yeah, hit me harder. We got plenty of parts. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but after 99 Try- other guys decided they didn't like it, even if you think they're idiots, like they should all be cool with it. I, I would assume, I guess, an arena cross if you did stuff like that. They're still drinking beers together at the bar, and everyone's cool with it, and that's just how it goes, man. But apparently that is not the reaction you're going to get in Supercross. It just isn't. <laughs> right. So you have become the path of most resistance at that point. Like, you cannot – and I think the – you know, when, when Pike, I guess, got in the face or whatever he did, and then you see on Twitter people are like, Barsha can dish it out, but he can't take it. But I'm like, the thing with Barsha is he doesn't think he's dishing out fighting in the pits. That's not his goal. No. He thinks he's just roughing you up on the track. and He, he owns it. And that's part yeah. of racing. He doesn't plan on it being a fight. Yep. So then anytime someone wants to fight him, he's always like, why do you want to fight me? I thought that was just fun racing. <laughs> Only shorty, like, though. How long oh, yeah. can you be confused? <laughs> uh, maybe it's his eyesight. Maybe like a dolphin. Like he had to hit Pike to see where he was. I don't know. I mean, JT says. But he's got to know. JT, if I hit somebody, they're going to get mad. JT says. It was second last turn. Everyone was qualified. They were all going to the main event. There was no need for that. Chase and I are like we're racers. Chase and I are racers. We're born to race. We're, we've been bred to race. So yeah, I can, I can totally see that. We yep. we see it a little differently from JT, but yeah, that's what it is. You know, I mean, is it just wrong to make that pass in your opinion, Weech? To right there, was it necessary from the rough him like that? Probably not. But I don't think the reaction. Was necessary either. Thank you. you. That, no, that's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. 
you've you've kind of made your bed at this point. You're not going to get the benefit of the doubt anymore, ever, right? Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I totally do. And at this point, if you're Barsha, you cannot also – and I don't know if he acted surprised when Pike came after him, but at this point you have to pretty much expect anytime you touch someone because of that, they are going to be mad unless it's shorty. Well, Chase, I guess we're just screwed. We just see things differently because we're racers. Yeah, it's tough being a racer, Steve. It is. Yeah, yeah it's our cross to bear. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think Barsha, let's put it this way. When, when people say Barsha can dish it out but he can't take it, if Pike had rammed him and knocked him down in the next corner, I don't think Barsha would have been mad about that. No. No. He wants to race that way. Yeah. It's totally different when you run into someone on the bike and then the person wants to fight you in the pits. That's that's not apples to apples. No, that's what Marcia I'm saying. Didn't seem real thrilled about Malcolm's move at Elsinore though, or at Utah though. No, uh, well, I don't know if you could expect anyone to be thrilled with that level. Like that. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, there is a limit. Okay. He's he's not just like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's see if we can end up in the hospital. That'd be great. B- Bodner wasn't Bodner wasn't pleased either. No. <laughs> no. Bodner wasn't standing there like Hogan with his fingers out saying, bring it on! Bruce Claus to the face. Bring it on! Like he wasn't doing that at all. <laughs> standing there like Michael Jackson in the wind machine. Yeah. Just like roost me. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, like you know when they're booing Hogan and he's in the middle of the ring and he's putting his his hands to his ears? Yeah, you know, like, hoping that like random drunk fans will get in the ring. Yeah, that was not yeah. Bodner. He was not doing that. And I'd like to bring it around to a wrestling end of things for Weege. I like that. Roosting medics is yeah. a great thing. Plowed into a steel into these steel cables that support structures, and uh, be knocked down by a lapper wall about to win the race. Okay, we, we have found the limits. Right, yeah, right. They're indeed our limits. No, absolutely. I don't know. Where have we come in this world with this this kind of stuff? You know, I don't know. I, just, I yeah. It is funny though that <laughs> Andrew Short, no problem. Yeah, this is great. Love that. This is great. I just want to let you know that I'm cool with all this. Right, right, right. I'm gonna, well, there was a, there was a, they were both on my flight this morning, Weston and Barsha, mm-hmm. and I was scanning for an air marshal because I thought there <laughs> might be an incident. Oh, that's awesome. Luckily, cooler heads prevailed. Right. Right. It was real touch and go. Oh, man. Good times. All right. Have you still not heard any word on, on Pike getting any sort of Upgrading of a team or next year or anything? Uh, it's just hmm. getting more and more common. I think I think there's some serious serious uh, smoke there. Not really. I'm not really. Uh, not my place to say at this point. But there's definitely there's definitely a new moon rising. New. Please be. I mean, new moon rising. Hold on. I think he just dropped it on us, and I can't. Figure it out. I can't put Chase. Smoke. What is this? And, and, and moons and moon smoke. Is, is Sandman welcome. Oh, I'm not that. You got to deal with Denny. He's riding Denny's for, for a moons over my hammy. He's riding for Easy Wider. <laughs> <laughs> smoke and moons and wolves and dolphins <laughs> and stuff. Uh, Going to race the Dutch Championship, <laughs> moving to Amsterdam. <laughs> I uh, no, I wrote that I don't hear. I wrote that I don't hear any buzz about West, and I bring his name up to different managers, and they're like, eh. And so Louis Pike stopped me in the pits and said, "Man, you've been doing a good job for us this year, but why you gotta re- why you gotta write that?" And, and he was joking. I mean, we we have a good relationship. And I go honestly, I said, "You should get a ride. You should have a better ride than this." And uh, 
um, I go, I just, I don't hear the managers being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, it seems like we're on a lot of people's lists, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you are, but I just don't hear anybody like jazz to, to, to hire you. But maybe yeah, JT's closer on that than I am. So maybe there Trust is something. Trust me when there. I tell you that there is, I don't know if the ink is dry, but there, something is, there's, there's something afoot. Okay. There's, there's an uprising out there. I don't think the ink is dry with what Louie was telling me. You know, yeah, he went, I, think, I don't know. He went, I don't know. He went through a bunch of teams with me, and we stood there, went through a bunch of teams, and he told me he's st- – I don't know. I think there's right. only one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I was standing with the great Timmy Ferry when we were talking to him, and Timmy goes, I don't know, man. You got a pretty good deal. Look at, look at the size of your rig. <laughs> and Louie goes, yeah, but I got, we got to pay for the gas to drive that thing around. And Timmy's like, yeah, but you can use whatever you want. If you go to one of those smaller teams, then you got to use what they want, and that sucks. And Louie goes, yeah, like Olin suspension. And Timmy goes, I like Olin's. And then they, <laughs> and then they got into Trying to have a rational conversation with Timmy about anything is, I know. is awesome. And they started getting into a debate on whether Olin's suspension was any good or not. So, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. But, um. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But what Barsha rides like is what Pike rides like. And, I mean, Pike's not scared. He will run in on you, and he'll try to get off the dragon and, you know, and all that. So <laughs> I think it's a little different, though, because I think it's the point JT's trying to make here. Like, if Pike has to do that to pass you, he'll do it. But there's times where Barsha does not have to do it, and he just does it anyway. I mean, it's almost like he can't pass people without hitting them, and that's – an overstatement, obviously, Barsha has passed people cleanly. But it just seems like he is putting extra mustard on it sometimes for the sport of it and for the fun of it. And, again, no one else thinks it's fun, only him. Where Pike will just do it out of necessity. Like, if that's what I need to do to pass you, that's what I will do. I like Pike. He's gnarly. Well, the, the reason I was asking about the factory thing is, like, by the way, he's just battling with Dungey and Barsha in a heat race. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Battling out with him. Eh, 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 team, this, eh, well, we used to be up for this guy. He's made it out of the heat probably about half the times, I bet. I mean, we should go back and look. There's stats for this, but he's been top four probably half the races, which is impressive. Just that he battles with those guys. I mean, combined salary is uh, well, well, very, very high seven figures when you combine Barsha and Dunge. And and there he is right there. Yeah. No, absolutely. I hope he gets something. Um, Anything else, guys? Chase? Anything? Uh, no. Um, oh, actually, hey, yeah, I did want to bring up something, and, and I'm glad Luigi's on the line. Um, you want to raise? completely missed LeMoyne. Uh, I understand they missed it, him going down. They didn't get the shot on TV. But how did they not mention it at all? Did you know yeah, that, Yeah, my mom was blown, too, because he was on the podium last week, so it's not like he's not on the radar as a guy to watch. He did... Uh, he was fast all day in practice, so again, he's not, he's not on the radar. Then he's in third. I think he moved from fourth to third too. Like, he, didn't he pass Alex Martin to get into third? No, I think he. Yeah. I think he got in third after all those guys went down, but still, he was on it. Yeah. No, no, I think he was ahead of them at that point. No, he was in. Th- he was in third first. Yeah, I think he was in third before yeah, he those. He was guys. ahead of them when they crashed. Yeah. I I'm gonna. He started like fourth, and then he passed Alex, and then he was in third, and then he went down. Um. Yeah, I don't understand, but like I said, when you watch the TV show, they've done many things well, like all this privateer stuff is awesome, and 
I mean, here are Chase and I every week trying to turn over rocks and find new stories and angles that people aren't going to get from the TV show. And I can tell you it gets harder month by month, year by year, because they're getting more and more info and they're doing a better and better job. But then there are occasionally other things where I'm like, how did, you, mm-hmm. how did, how did they not notice that? The guy was in third. What I was bringing up with the Stewart thing before is he tried that 3-1 into the finish line once, and it, he barely was even able to make the finish line jump. And then I think McGrath, I think it was McGrath that was like, whoa, for some reason Stewart jumped that finish line way front end high and, and still hardly got over it. And I'm like, but didn't you see <laughs> .04 seconds earlier, him going 3-1 when everyone else was going 2-2? Like, yeah. Did you not notice that rut is the same one that Brayton screwed up? That's where Dungey crashed. I like Irv. I like Irv. Irv strong. Yep. I like them all. Adam, seen, Adam seen Cirillo may need surgery. Still, still waiting on the final word that's, on that. That's what he said this weekend. He may need surgery. So, did you know too that Kevin Windham raced with Irv's kids at the uh, Winter Olympics? I think they were probably on the study line with Kevin Windham. I don't think they actually when the gate dropped. There was probably different types of racing. So, just saying. Um, all right. Anything else? BTOSports.com, RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing, St. Louis Supercross Wrap-Up. Ouija, hopefully you'll be rejoining the tour this weekend. That's the plan. I'll be there. Uh, Chase, are you going to be down there? I will not. New York. All right. Well, thanks for me. Thanks for doing this, Chase. Appreciate it. JT, Ouija, thanks, guys. Uh, Appreciate it, and uh, we'll all see you this weekend, except for Chase. See you. See you, guys. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave and, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike, I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, 
you know, I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years come.